0: This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. Hallelujah. I want to talk with you today about having a spirit of joy and of celebration in your heart. Matthew chapter 28 verse 8 says, "The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy." And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. The message they're talking about here is that he is risen, that that Christ has risen, that he's not here in the grave. He has risen from the dead. Why do we celebrate as Christians? We celebrate because Jesus is like no other. His victory over death puts him in a class or a category all his own. That's what Easter is. Easter is a celebration of God's victory over death. If you stop and think about it, our greatest enemy is death, right? We fear it more than anything else. God's victory over death is secured in the tomb, in the empty tomb, in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And that's why we celebrate as Christians. Maybe you're a guest with us today and you're wondering why all the celebration, why the raised hands, why the clapping? It's because to us, it's life. To us, it's what Jesus has done. To us, we understand this world is not all there is. That when we exit this world, there is life eternal with the Lord our God through Jesus who is our risen Savior. Easter is God saying that everything can be different in your life. That everything is different. Life is different. Possibilities are different. And hope is alive. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive and he is the God of all hope. And so you can live your life with joy, with expectation of what God is going to do for you, not just for some religious person, but for you personally. So really, celebration is at the core of who we are as Christians. Jesus knew that the grave would only be temporary and that death could not hold him. He knew the cross would be terrible, but the Bible tells us that because of the joy that was before him, out ahead of him, he endured the suffering of the cross. Because of the joy of being raised from the dead, because of the joy of knowing that lives would be changed, the course and direction of their eternity would be changed, he was willing to endure the cross. And he knew that the cross was necessary for the joy to take place. And so he did it. He suffered, beaten, and nailed to a cross. Not for his sin, but for my sin, for your sin, for our sin. And you know what? That sacrifice worked. How do I know it worked? Because three days later, he rose from the dead as proof that God accepted his sacrifice on the cross. And that's why Easter is great news. It's time for us to celebrate. It's time for us to cheer. You say, well, I'm not used to cheering in church. Well, you're in a good church now. It's time to cheer. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time to rejoice, to clap your hands with enthusiasm, to celebrate the goodness of your God. Jesus is alive. And death has been defeated. The future is all under his control. Your life is in his hands if you've given your life to him. That should cause you to celebrate. You serve a God who can conquer death. And if he can do that, there's nothing that he can't do. So rejoice. He is your God. But have you ever known people who were not joyful, who did not rejoice much in their life? Sure, Sure you have. We all have. They're everywhere. In fact, I think one of the greatest needs that we have in our culture today is a need for joy. In our society, we need joy. We need celebrate, celebrating spirits, not just because the Broncos won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Hallelujah. We could have a moment of joy right now for that. But it's well beyond that. What I see in our world today is we can go to a football game like that and rejoice and be joyful and then walk right out of the stadium and be filled with anger be filled with tension again. That's what I see in our culture. People are filled with anger and they're frustrated. They're overreactive. Have you noticed it? They're ready to fly off into a rage, but I don't see a lot of joy out there. And I wanna submit to you that it's hurting the soul of our nation. It's hurting our society. Marriages are failing because of our lack of joy. Kids are rebellious because of it. Depression is growing because of our lack of joy. And disease is rampant because of it. Did you know that a lack of joy can make you sick? Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but look at the opposite. A broken spirit saps a person's strength. So a lack of joy is having a definite effect upon our health, our emotional health, our mental health, our physical health, our marriage health, our societal health. It affects so many areas of life. But in contrast to that, what God offers is a joyful life. The apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 1.8 that in Christ We have a glorious, inexpressible joy. That means that God will put something inside of us that we can't even explain. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, tell me about what's going on in your heart. Tell me about the joy that you have. And, you, and you, you just feel like your words fail you. Why do they fail you? Because it's inexpressible. It's joy that is so glorious that you can't put it into words. It's more than happiness. I'm not talking about happiness but it expresses itself oftentimes in happiness. And it's more than just a positive mental mental attitude, But, but it grows best in that kind of environment. It's a joy that isn't dependent upon circumstances. It isn't dependent upon everything being perfect, everything going my way. It's a miracle gift that comes from the spirit of the living God who comes to dwell inside of God's people when we accept him as our savior. It's glorious. It's inexpressible. And it's real and alive because Jesus is real and alive and the spirit of God is upon his people. Nehemiah, promised us in Nehemiah eight, the joy of the Lord will be a strength to you. It will lift you up and strengthen you. So this joy actually makes you stronger. It makes you stronger in body. It makes you stronger in mind. But most of all, it makes you stronger in spirit. Deep down inside, it strengthens the inner you. And that's what God wants you and me to have. It's a spirit of celebration, a spirit of joy. Sometimes you have to step out in faith and do it. Sometimes it won't be natural. Sometimes you have to fight past your fears to celebrate and have joy. But if you will do it, God will begin to work miraculously in your life. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, if, if you had the life I have, you wouldn't be talking about joy. I don't have anything to be joyful about. And I know that there are many of you who have come into this place today and, and you're dealing with issues right now in your life. Some tough times are robbing you of joy. But Easter is your opportunity to, by faith, get your joy back. There is much to celebrate. And not the least of which is God's power, which was demonstrated in that empty grave. Just think about what God did when he raised Jesus from the dead. I want to just declare to you... There is no other God like the God that we have. There is no other God that has the power to overcome death like the God that we serve. No other prophet, no other religious leader ever rose from the dead, ever. Jesus is solely the living king. He is alive today because our God has the power to conquer the grave. And if he can do that, just think about what he can do in your life. If Jesus can conquer the grave, is anything too difficult for God? In Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul tells us to be joyful in our praise for God because of all the power that he reveals, the powerful things that he does in the lives of those who follow him and commit to him. Listen to verses 16 through 23. He says, I have never stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly asking the glorious father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you wisdom to see clearly and really understand who Christ is and all that he has done for you. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future that God has called you to share. I want you to realize that God has been made rich because we who are Christ have been given to him. And I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. It is, listen to this, the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead, seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven, far, far above any other king or ruler or dictator or leader. Yes, his honor is far more glorious than that of anyone else, either in this world or in the world that is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and made him the supreme head of the church, which is his body, filled with himself the author and giver of of everything, everywhere. Now I want you to notice, especially in all that scripture, I want us to look for just a minute at verses 19 through 23. Let me read them again to you, at least take them in portions here. Paul says in verse 19, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe. You got an issue, you got a problem, you got something you're facing that, that the doctor says is impossible, that the, the therapist says is impossible, that the that your boss says is impossible. I want you to know you serve a God who doesn't have the word impossible in his vocabulary. I want you to see how incredibly, Paul says, I want you to understand something. God wants you to understand something. I want you to get this this morning. He wants you to understand how incredibly powerful he is, look at this, to help those who believe him, to help those who believe in him. And then the Apostle Paul goes on and describes this incredible great power. What's his power like? It's the same mighty power, verse 20, that raised Christ from the dead, seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in heaven, far, far above any other king or ruler or dictator. dictator or leader. There isn't a government on earth that can stop the moving of our God's mighty power. They posted guards at the tomb. They put a seal on the stone. It made no difference. They couldn't seal him in because he is the living God, the God of great power. And the same power that God used to burst Jesus forth out of that tomb to bring him back from the dead 2,000 years ago is the same power that is available to you today on March twenty seventh, 2016. This didn't end 2,000 years ago. It's continuing to move. It's continuing to build. It's getting bigger and bigger, greater and greater. God's kingdom is about to explode upon the face of the planet. It's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye in an instant. Suddenly, everything will change. And those who are committed to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord are going to rule and reign with him. What I'm here to tell you... If you are facing issues and the enemy of your soul has said, listen, don't you trust in a God who would allow those things to happen. Those things are happening in all of our lives because we live in a sin-cursed world. But this is what I want you to know. The same power that brought Jesus out of that grave, burst him out of that tomb, is available to you today. What that means is that God's got all the power that you need. If you need power to overcome temptation, some of you have given up because you gave your heart to Christ at one point, and then you you, you fell back into temptation and you tried to make it right with God again, and you fell back into temptation you 've done it so many times you feel like It's just not for you. It's not going to work for you. I'm here to tell you that he has got the power you need to overcome temptation. Do not give up. If you need power to change your way of life, I want you to know he's got it. If you need power to forgive, if you need power to be forgiven, he's got it. If you need power for a miracle in your body, if you need power for a miracle in your family, in your marriage, in your finances, our Lord, our risen Lord has it. And Paul said... This power is available to help you. And that ought to make you want to celebrate this morning. Because that means that nothing in life is out of our risen Lord's control. You can trust him with everything if you've given him everything. Now to get that into your life, verse 19 says... You've got to believe this power is available to them who believe. That's what it said. This power is available, not generically to everybody, to them who believe. You've got to believe Jesus. You've got to believe him as your savior, your Lord. You've got to believe that he can make a difference in your life. And then your faith takes you one step further. You turn it all over to him. You turn your whole life over to him. Why do we celebrate today? Because Jesus is the center of our lives. He's not just a religious thing that we do. He's the center of our lives. That means you give him your heart. That means you give him your soul. You give him your marriage. You give him your kids. You give him those temptations. You seek him for his help. You give him the the addictions. You give him your past. You give him your future, all of it. And you say, Jesus, I need you to be my savior. I need you to be my Lord. When we make him our Lord, we're making him the boss. He's now in charge. And if you do that, it releases God's power to help you. And he'll work in your life in areas you don't even know you need. You think you know what you need, but really there's an underlying issue. And God's spirit will go directly to that. And he'll begin to work and help in your life in that area. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, wow, I can't even imagine that kind of power. That kind of power will be available to you today, tomorrow, this week for the rest of your life. A miracle begins to happen inside of you and the Bible says we are turned into a new person, a new creation. The old creation is gone. The new creation is being birthed out of us. Now we're forgiven by God and we can begin to live a life of victory that only comes to people who have committed themselves to believing in him. Would you join me in prayer? This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.